Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, all the time zones, all the borders. Break them down. Break them down. It's time for us to stop and get some clarity in this day, whether you are like me, just rolling out of bed. Uh, hard night sleeping. Uh, lots on my mind. Lots on my mind. I'm turning, opening my journal. And I'm going to find a blank page and I want you to, whatever it is you subscribe to, how you start your day, go ahead and get those things in order. I've already fixed me a glass of a lemonade. I added a little bit of ginger ale to it because I want some, some of that uh, activity going on. I'm trying to wet my whistle, wake my organs, wipe the sleep from my eyes, take a deep breath because <laughs> I want to do a little bit of talking. And, and get started. This is uh, actually how to get out of bed. And you know what? Uh, one thing I did not doubly check, and I usually try to do, there's a couple of double checks that I try to do, and that's to see where this thing lands and to see where I have set it to land. There's something on my heart this morning, and one because I consume a lot of content, y'all. I consume a lot of content, and I was watching uh, yesterday. There are a couple of people who put out really good content from the red carpets and, and re- premieres and things like that. In fact, I will be attending one tonight myself, so I'll be bringing you guys that. You'll be able to see some of that in the timeline wherever you are. Just stay there, hang out, with, hang out with me tonight. But um, Black Tree Media, Black Tree Media has been around for a while, and they cover black Hollywood. They cover uh, black actors, black characters. I mean, just all of this. And and uh, you really get a sense of the... One of the reasons I love them is because of the questions that they ask. You know, they're not, oh, you know, people have got the press release. It's like, let's talk about this, let's talk about that. And they, they come from a perspective, oftentimes things that I want to know. And I'm like, man, you know, you watch some of the, the, the traditional coverages of stuff. And you're like, dang, it's just so one-on-one. Especially when they interview black actors. It's always, they, they just stick right there with the one-on-one. Like, oh, you did this, you did that. Okay, good, you got this, you got that. And it's like, dang, you know, you want to know a little bit more kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. And not so much things that are... Um, just indicative of traditional media, which I care for in the least bit, if I care for it at all. So um, I love Black Tree Media. They've been around since day one of uh, before YouTube and so forth. When we when we had all these other little enclaves that we would go to um, and hang out online. Most of you don't know about that because y'all just came around about 2008. No shade, no shots fired. Glad you're here. But you, we just have to remember these entities. And a lot of times I know when I speak of them, it's oftentimes some of the first times that people are hearing about them. And rightfully so. That's what I'm supposed to do is to let you know some of these things. Let me see. Okay. And it looks different. I gotta. I guess I have to update the um, device on there. So, again, how to get out of bed is something that I have obviously done. Looking at this journal, I've done it for a while. It looks like a few months now. And, whoa, I can flip back. And so what we do is we just kind of, it's a journal moment. It's We go into what we subscribe to. I'm going to go into what I subscribe to. You go into what you subscribe to. And we have a little bit of conversation. We find a starting point. And by the end of this conversation, we create somewhat of an infographic, which I'm going to publish. So um, 
understand in this two-way conversation that we will have as I'm opening and checking to make sure that we did land in places where we can have a two-way conversation. That's the difference between live broadcasting and broadcasting. Live broadcasting means that it's going to be a two-way conversation. That's why people watch a broadcast. They want to be acknowledged for viewing and they want to be acknowledged for contributing. And I'm going to turn the volume down because I don't need to hear me. And, uh, and then they want to be you know, they want to partake and they want to be able to walk away with something. And I, I say that because that's a conversation we had to have this weekend when I did the um, workshops. And as you know, our podcasts are, there's some promotional considerations. So you can check my timeline. You'll see links to shop at Natural Soap by Zakia. And that's going to give you a discount. You'll also see links to check out. And I'll tell you a little bit about the second one you see on your screen there. But the third one, AIB Nation, is an, uh, a nation of authors. The authors are getting together, honey, and they are creating the lanes and shooting right to the tops of these bestseller lists. I got a call from a young lady yesterday. She was like, wait a minute, I'm on the West Coast. Yeah, I hear you talk about this and you talk about that. My phone number is in the uh, broke in my, in my bios. If you have questions and concerns, that's what I do each and every day, all day, is I make referrals. If I have not jumped in your inbox or sent you something, or said somebody's looking for this, that, and the others, because I really don't know what you do. So make sure that I am clear on it, and we have some type of exchange in place so that you can enjoy some of these referrals that I make all day, 24-7. But promotional consideration for the podcast, these are people that are really we really have a great exchange with, and I can't help but to recommend them when you are looking for these items. So check my timeline. You'll see links. Um, to support and also let me say I've got one more here put the flyer up if you're looking for the social media clinics those are a lunch for the summer um, we won't have the group clinics this Sunday because it's Father's Day and I will be at an amazing taste event an annual taste event and so therefore uh, we won't have our groups this Sunday we'll be back next Sunday and actually uh, also Saturday I will be at a youth event so lots going on lots going on as the summer um kicks in so social media clinics so glad that because this past weekend was the official not official because that was the soft launch of the clinics but we're going to do something on a kind of an open house uh coming up trying to i'm doing some filming right now to get the webinar side of that the online portion of that done uh so that we can offer the online clinics so i will be finishing those up and uh, I think um, we push back this Tuesday, push back the one we were going to have for this Tuesday because, as you know, there were some major changes in some of the platforms. And so, therefore, we had to take into account. In fact, I had to just rebuild one of my platforms because of some changes. And when the platforms change, the developers change, the apps change. You know, one of those days you wake up and all your apps need to be updated. Listen, please make sure you update your apps because that's how uh, you leave gaps in the security. So, let me switch over. I'm going to take down my photo there and I want to talk about the Central Park Five because when you talk about how to get out of bed I want to talk about this uh, and this is why I want to thank Black Tree Media and if you can find them you can find them on YouTube they've had a, a flourishing channel on YouTube y'all some of the best red carpet interviews 
Um, I love that when celebrities talk to them, they let their guard down. You know, they're not so guard. They don't have to be as guarded because they're a very trusted source. And I wish I had, I wish I had downloaded their, and I can't do it now that I'm on. Um, but I wish I had uploaded their logo to put on that picture, but black tree media, black tree media. I'm going to say it so many times. You will know to go to YouTube and subscribe to them. I've been a subscriber forever. Can't blog about things going on in Hollywood unless you have a trusted source. And I wanted the word I want to start our infograph today with is remorseful. I am seeing everybody respond to this documentary and the conversations and and different things uh, about this. But we still are not getting the remorse from the country, New York, um, you know, I'm still seeing people trying to protect their careers, their, the money that they made. I'm si- still seeing in the, the system. I remember and I'm going to tell y'all a very hurtful situation when I realized, and I, there, there are several moments. This wasn't like the first because I didn't have that much faith in the system and I never will place that much faith on the system. And I know all kind of lawyers, judges, attorneys, I know everybody. I've been in public safety. I know I've not been in public safety. I've worked with public safety, um, I've, you know, as a community voice, community policing and all that kind of stuff. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, in, absolutely embedded. And um, I remember we had a case, and I keep telling people, okay, the reason why it's called Central Park Five is simply because that was that particular five. Every neighborhood, every county, every city, every state, Okay, constantly has cases like this every day. There has not been a day that somebody in this country is not trying to prove their innocence. Okay, and 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 uh, and are absolutely innocent, but have um, lies stacked up against them, and that's what they have to defend. Now, I because I remember the. And I, y'all, I'm, t- I'm trying to like find just one. Um, there was a case right here in my own county. And I remember, and, they, and the young man had, you know, an attorney with amazing energy. That's all I could say about her. Uh, she had amazing energy. And her energy, the way in which she was willing to work with the community and understand what was up against this person of color coming out of, of community. Um, the only way, you know, and, and she won the case, won his freedom, but in that she was not willing to at the end of the day. And I mean, said this particularly to me because I questioned it. Now we need you to say what this was particularly specifically. We need you to say that this was racism. We need you to say that this was simply this simply happened to this young man because he was black. This simply happened to this young man because this is how the white people in the system felt. The people in his case did this simply because not even simply because he was black. It was simply because they were racist. I mean, bottom line, because now that this case is done, we need to get these people out of, out of office. They're voted in. Okay. This judge uh, voted in. All right. You don't get this. I'm sorry. You don't get after a case like this. You don't get to stay on the bench. You just don't. Right. 
You don't get to stay on the bench. Um, and, and everybody leading up, okay, the, the all of that, down to the lawmaker who, who, who somehow got the law on the book. You don't get to stay. You don't get to stay. And I remember she refused to say. Because in all, in all these cases, the one thing that will come down, even though people get get regain their freedom, become exonerated. That's, that's another fight in the process because a lot of times they'll give you your freedom, but then they don't want to deal with that part because they don't, nobody wants to admit any wrong in this. And even to, and to this day, I've not heard her utter the words that, that racism exists within the system because in all of these cases, they, they still want to tell you, well, the system worked because the law was this and, and, and believing that to be the case, the system worked. But the, but that became the case because of the gaps and the, and the and the racism and the supremacy and all those kinds of things that go on the system. See, this is some of the stuff that keep people from getting out of bed because it's this it's this vicious cycle that keeps turning and turning and turning and it keeps sweeping people up. And when you get keep getting swept up in this and the po- potential and the possibilities of getting swept up in this can keep you out of bed. In this in this situation right here, the picture that's on your screen, I think what three, if not four, of these guys moved to Atlanta. One of them, only Corey Wise, stayed in New York, and uh, and I'm still trying to figure out. You know, I I, I still want to know, um, even in the footage, even in the footage of the uh, red carpet, that that even in the Black Tree Media's footage. There was a, uh, I need a word. I don't even have the words for this, y'all. There was a difference, a stark difference between the gentlemen um, and those that were younger. The whole court, Corey, the court, the, and I don't want to say the bigger tragedy. I don't want to, and see, I'm trying not to separate them because it's the five of them, but there's something going on there. And I think we saw if you watch um, when they see us and different things. See, see this word, I, I don't even have to write down another word. I got to write down another word because I want to understand the remorse. You know, it's, it, it, it's more than a, an apology. Can I just say that? Because there's a whole lot of apologies out there. Uh, in fact, one of the reasons I was watching, re-watching this video this morning, I wanted to share because Gail King was also in the video. And Gail King's on the tips of everybody's tongue right now. And she said something that made me like literally fall off my bed. And she said that she, uh, in the time, in the time of this case, that even she believed the stories, the reports, hook, line, and sinker. And, and we know media played a tremendous part in this, um, that, you know, and I know a lot of people want to hear the mention of Donald Trump and the, the Donald Trump situation became, I mean, he, you know, as vindictive as he is now, he was that same vindictive person back then. But in, in, at the same time, you know, he was embraced by a whole lot of black folk. Okay. He was totally embraced by a whole lot of black folk. Um, and I hate even listening to like all hip hop. Now you have, you hear his name drop and I'm like, I can't even deal with this, but when I heard that, because I have, and anybody knows me, knows that I have I made it part of my life's mission to get people to see what happens and how what media means against us, how media is totally against us. That there are there are meetings every morning 
um, that talk about how to degrade us and our community, how to suppress the stories of everybody else. Okay, let's throw out, throw out the white stories, throw out the Asian stories, throw out the Italian stories, throw out this. I live in the South. I live in the South. I know some of y'all live in other places and y'all have to deal with this. I live in the South. Everything in the South is black and white. And then they like, oh, okay, that's a black one. Let's leave with that one. Let's leave with that one. And all these people come in from their reporting from the streets and say, well, you know, I found that black people over here doing this and black people over here doing this and black people over here doing this. Okay. Okay. Well, who's our sacrificial white person this month, this year? You know, let's go ahead and let that case run. You know, all this stuff. This is the media that they have. And then the writers come in and they write all this stuff up. And then the people who sit at the anchor desk, they read all this stuff all day long. And then, you know, and therefore you have a new cycle. So to hear that, it, it further um, evidence, <laughs> evidence, let's write that down. It gave me the evidence, the facts that I needed. I'm writing that down too. It gave me the evidence and the facts that I needed to prove because I have been put on, uh, put in a position of having to prove like, Yolanda, you just can't keep saying, you know, media apartheid. You got to prove it, right? That's, that's the hashtag that I use. And, and they're like, okay, well, there's proof. There's the proof because I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Because at th- during that time, uh, even though like, I think everybody's right now waiting because Oprah's going to do a talk with these guys. And we're like, wait a minute, this, this is not the first time, right? And I understand Owns' involvement in this Netflix and producing this and executive producing and, and, and giving, you know, um, um, Ava, you know, the, 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 the foundation to do this story and funding and all this kind of stuff, you know, and I understand that. But when we look at, there's a, there was a thing, uh, I think... But I don't know, maybe if you think about black women in media, you, there's probably about five, six of them, and two of which are Oprah and Gail. You know, then you had one, they came out of, what, Chicago? And you had, and, 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 and I mean, like, you know, Chicago is mirrors New York. And then you had the ones here in the South, you had a couple in the South, you had one out, maybe out West, you know, Midwest, you know, everybody had one, these groundbreaking women, uh, to sit at this anchor desk, and we know that they, when they sit, at, I don't want to get all into the media makeup of this thing, but what we need to see, and what we still not seeing, we still not seeing a, a remorseful judicial system. We're still not seeing it, which because there are some things in place, uh, and you hear about Corey Wise working with the Innocent Project, and he took some of his funds. You know, there's a settlement, and I don't know if they they've they've get, gotten all of it yet. I remember it just that's just something that was debated long after they were exonerated. And I don't know, I think the exonerated was a fight as well, but long after then there was this, this where, where, did, where would the city get the money to pay them? And, and they have some of the larger, the largest, one of the largest settlements of people who were exonerated. I mean, we're saying people who have sat in jail. I think the last case I saw, the guy was in there for 45 years and they offered him like a million dollars. And there's, and you can go, if you check your local I don't know what I, on your level, but I know here we have um, African American Research Library and other entities here in Atlanta where we can always go and hear somebody speak on this level. There, you know, go find where's your gold dome. Go find your gold dome. If you live in a if you live in a state or a city that is the capital, or find the capital of your find the capital of your state. You should at some point in your life make that trek to the capital. 
And there should be enough happening to attract you to the, your gold dome because that's where uh, the, your lawmakers are and that's where the protesters are. And uh, I've just, I have met personally uh, in blogging because I used to manage a website with a friend, some friends down the I-20 corridor. Um, we used to have uh, a site called I-20 Justice. And so I've, I've met so many of these um, people men, women, and children that have had to fight this fight um, of, of lies stacked against them, lies who be, lies that become laws, fears. Now, let me say it like this. Fears that become laws, okay? And news and media plays a large part of that because nobody perpetuates the fear larger than, notice I said better than, larger than media, news, um, narratives, and so forth. You have to, there's a cycle to this thing. So once you start seeing a story here and a story there, and then a cycle of stories and so forth, like what's going on about the Dominican Republic, you know, and people have been traveling and not returning home like forever. That's a thing, right? Okay. So now what do you think is going on with that? People are probably canceling. They're changing up their trips and things like that. But you know what? It's always, always an agenda. There's always an agenda. People get in a room, get in a meeting, throw things out there, this, that, and the other. And, and it all comes down to what's on the loss. Like I remember before the stand your ground law hit Georgia, um, there was a, there was a, a story that where this young lady, they call a soldier girl. And, uh, she, you know, Rise. She she actually it turned out once somebody said, okay, wait, let me get a little backstory on this young lady, uh, Afro Mez, bipolar. She uh, had an incident on a train where she went buck wild. The woman she went buck wild happened to be um, a sports athlete's grandmother or something. So all that came out later, but the news used it as, hey, here's the kind of activity that you're going to experience if you take the public transportation. You're going to have to ride the train as innocent as you are with people that are just absolutely buck wild. There was, this is during the first days of everybody live streaming or videoing and so forth. And I think the video at that time was even taken on a flip phone. So that's how early this thing was. But I, I saw the video. I'm like, oh, it's on the news everywhere. And I knew in, in just a couple of days later, there we there we were, the governor was signing uh signing signing a bill to introducing a bill that, oh, we need to have stand your ground here. Somebody gets to your face like that and make you afraid like that. You should be able to shoot them. Now mind you, it cleared up that law did clear up public transportation to the point that public transportation is about to go broke. It's about to be non existent. They still trying to figure out where all the riders went. Well, First of all, it, our public transportation doesn't transport you many places, so therefore they've lost that ridership. But I just remember seeing that story as well as a couple others, and then, oh, here comes the law. So there's a trail of this thing. You know, we talk about get out of bed. There's a trail of this thing. And people, if you notice, I've seen memes that say watching this story is like a, is a horror story. To people, let me grab some of these comments over here, guys. Sorry about that. I was eyes off the screen. One says, I'm still asleep. Shannon Griffin says, right. Tachi says, yes. Hey, Yolanda. Um, and it's telling me some people are, some more are watching. But 
the thing about it is we're still not getting the remorse. We're still not getting the remorse. And now we're going to get all of these um, ancillary shows from it. And we're still still not hearing the remorse. And now they're getting ready to sit down with Oprah. Well, the first thing that came up, everybody was trying to remember, well, if this happened back in the day, you know, Oprah had a good, what, two, two, three decades on television. Has she not, did she not interview them before? No, I think they were all too busy trying to go to all the Trump weddings, you know. They were all too busy trying to, and I, I still to this day can't understand that. Billy Holloway, Holloway just checked in. I'm just, I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling. There's Jennifer. Hello. And so the question just became, it's like, I understand they got the money. Some of them, uh, y'all, I'm telling you, that's not, a, it's not enough. An apology without change of behavior, it's not, it's not enough. When you've got states out there that are refusing to even in move money from one part of the budget to another part of the budget so that we can DNA test more individuals in cases that are clearly built on where DNA tests will free them. And you're, you're saying that you, 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 you holding that up, right? Henry's saying she, she is an opportunist. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no other way. It's like, because I, I, I mean, that just happened to be my first question when they posted, Oprah's going to sit down with the Central Park Five. And I'm like, they don't have one? Because, I mean, hell, she came to Georgia to sit down with racists. I'm like, how did she not, how did she not have that story? I don't, under, I don't understand. And, and I can't understand it. That $41 million would never give them back. But the $41 million, if you go out there, there's a documentary that Corey Wise did with the Innocent Project prior to this um this docudrama, okay, he was in the, he was in one, and, and it, it was him and maybe four or five other individuals, not these individuals, but because they didn't film like that in documentaries, but Corey was in one, and, um, and I think, I think that's how I met this other gentleman, I, I sat down, I did an interview with a guy who was on death row, had his last meal twice, in uh, in while people were trying to prove his innocence, he was absolutely innocent, and he just he says one day at home they came, hey, can you come down to the station talk about this that and the other, and he thinking it was about involving something else, and let me tell you, I told y'all I have been inside, I was invited inside the Atlanta Federal Penitentiary to sit down with inmates. I still to this day don't know how many faces I'm looking at. I'm, I can see myself sitting there in the chapel filled with inmates trying to tell me something. Is, I'm thinking I'm going there to speak to them. They're like, no, nah, we want to tell you there's something going on in here. There's something going on out there. We can't get our hands on it. We can't figure out what's going on. But people are coming in here and they're innocent. They're young and da-da-da-da-da, right? At and this, this was 20 years ago. Y'all, my son was not even born. I'm telling you. And it's, I can remember it like yesterday walking into that prison, going all over that prison, meeting these people and talking to them. And, of course, all of them have the story. And I'm like, okay, well, wait. You know, all of them have the story like I'm in here. 
but not necessarily for what I'm in here for, you know. It's like, you know, hey, they came up with this, I let them go with it. You know, that's the thing. But I just remember this one gentleman, he came on my radio show, and he had been on death row for 6,000 days. 6,000. 6,000 plus. Had his, I think he said he had his last meal, was facing his last meal twice. And not only that, watching other people get executed. That's the thing about it. And you're innocent. And and he talked about it. you, And it's out there on my YouTube channel. And uh, you can go and listen to it. He, he's also one of those that's touring. There's so many of them. Oh, my God. And I get these memories on the, on the Facebook. Um, there was one day we were down at the Capitol. And there was one after another, one after another, one after another, talking about how they were railroaded. You know, uh, and, and DAs just want to close cases. Harry Connick Jr., you know, his father uh, His father has a conspiracy career um, in trying to, in pushing to close cases. That's what the thing is about. Hell, everybody knows that it was a thing all up and down the East Coast with these detectives, you know, just, just grabbing people. You know, that's why there is the, that's why it's uh, pro, almost like a SOP today that when you arrest one person, you try and connect them to as many cases. I, I'm sitting there looking at the news, and they were talking about that this young man had been seen on a camera or doing something, and then they go, well, he's probably connected to this, and he's probably connected to that. And I'm like, do you know that for a fact? Because, I mean, you know, I watch, I watch, I, I, I scrutinize everything that comes across our media. And I'm going to tell you, here in Atlanta, uh, a good majority of the initial reports are altogether different than the final report. That's why I tell people, wait three days, okay? I don't care if they come on here and say the whole entire earth is burning. I'm still going to wait three days because I just can't. You cannot trust them. You can't not. You just can't. You can't trust them, especially if it's a report. And, and this is what I love. And, and you go out there and there's the, when, anytime you see the white shirts, okay, the white shirts, meaning that, like, like, dude, come on now. You just got on the scene. Okay, all you know is what you have been told. You ain't had no time to investigate nothing. You don't even know what happened. But you are giving this report because now everybody wants to get everybody on their channel. Everybody wants to get everybody on their, their, their live and this, that, and this. And if you notice, some of these lives are starting to get pulled back. They're like, because they're wrong. They're just actually inaccurate. And not only that, they're leaving a trail that shows you that you can't trust that initial report. Uh, we had the situation here with the 92-year-old. That first initial report, they told us some woman was going buck wild, wilding out on the cops. And it ended up being a 92-year-old. And, and I remember the, the anchors reporting that. And you think, especially if you got friends who are policemen, you thinking it was an all, you woke up in the middle of the night seeing this story on the news, you thought it was an all-out war with police. And it turns out it was a, it was somebody who was out, it was a, a corrupt cop. It was a whole corrupt conspiracy cop situation. Right. And yet this community having to deal with that. So in watching, if you have watched and I'm going to tell you, I have not been able to watch episode one. I started from the back. I started episode four, went to three and two. And, and I cannot watch episode one yet. Um, because I grew up during that time and I knew this things. I mean, we had communities and I grew up in a community where, man, we were so protected by the elders in our community that it was, it was absolutely, I don't know, my dog is like going absolutely insane. 
I grew up in a community and I, I sit and I think about the energy that, that the adults and the elders in our community had to put, put forth to protect us. And cause we, we all wonder like, man, why were we always at our grandparents home? That, that was an order of protection. I haven't watched it yet. Says Yate. I will start, I will start from the end and go to the, the beginning because I mean, you know, I mean, I, I just think about my grandparents and how exhausted they had to be because um, you don't see that today. You just don't see that today. All like my grandparents, like all all your grandkids up in here, all of us up here. Because, of course, you know, we grew up during the time of the missing and murdered children. Atlanta. Now, notice there's reasons Atlanta's missing and murdered children, because it had to be identified from missing and murdered children that were happening all over this country. People, people love to think because they watch one channel, they hear one story that it is just that one story. But no, these are things that went on all over the place, everywhere, everywhere. There are people right now, and I was telling people, one of the reasons I'm close to this, and it's like I picked up the gauntlet because this is what, this is the baton that my mother carried, and she worked um, on a lot of these cases. Not necessarily, I mean, just as a, as a citizen, and things that are going on in the community and happening to, you know, people that she knew. Um, hell, we lived down, <laughs> you know, in the same neighborhood with H. Rap Brown. It's like, oh, 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 that's him? You know what I'm saying? It's like when they rolled up on his house, it's like that went through the neighborhood like so fast. It's like we didn't have to wait for the news. And, and everybody knew, like, look, the day's going to come because they trying to figure out how to roll up on, oh, boy, you know. And it's like, and it ain't going to be pretty when they do. It's like, you know, it's just like crazy stuff, y'all. But, and I say crazy stuff just to just maintain my own, own sanity. It's like, we're talking about Atlanta in the, what, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And the 90s was, was really a hard time in, in Georgia. Um, the 90s were really a hard time because everything that they had been trying to do from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s was, they got over, they got over big time. And that's when the, the whole drug thing uh, took a turn for the worse. And and the Clintons, the Clintons and, and the remnants of them on all the communities. But still, you've had many people ask for the apology. We must watch, pray, and tell others about the injustice. Yes. Um, you have many people offering apologies, quick to offer apologies, quick to even put some money on it, and that's fine. But what about being remorseful? I mean, really, what about being remorseful? Do you feel any sense of remorse? No, because one of the guys that was highly implemented in furthering the narrative is now president of the United States. And he, he never he's not president because he became remorseful. He's president because he was able to ride a vindictive wave into the White House. Even after we had the absolute best, that's the most despicable thing about this country is even after having the absolute best representation ever that this country was looked at and with some level of esteem again, even after that, we are now here and getting worse. We need to see some remorse. Uh, okay, I'm trying to create an infographic. So under remorse at 35 into this, under remorse, I wrote apology. Let me just remind you guys that you are listening to uh, how to get out of bed, how to get out of bed. And so we're talking about um, 
the Central Park Five uh, and watching. I want you please go to YouTube and find the video or even on my timeline. Uh, in fact, I just shared it before I went live. Um, the interview that Black Tree TV did. This is a brother that has maintained uh, a media entity since day one of social media and has been reporting on Hollywood and from the red carpet. And the interviews are absolutely awesome that he does because people get a chance to let their guard down because he knows their history. And so they've just always done an amazing job. And even on this, the red carpet with the uh, Central Park Five, um, they're there. But you can get an apology. You can deep dive into the evidence. The facts can be what they are, but that still does not mean that you're going to see the remorse. And we do not see the remorse in a system because if we saw the remorse in the system, then there would be like, okay, um, um, let's put an embargo on this. Let's halt this process. Let's halt that process. Let's figure out whether the system is still saying based on the evidence that was presented, even though exonerated, even though people lied, even though, I mean, homegirl went on to Fairstein, went on to write many books. She still looked, was looked at as a legal expert, made money, even though she's now having to go into hiding. Um, and, and, and everybody involved, everybody involved, the mayors and all this kind of stuff, everybody on the government, government officials, people ran for office on this thing. Everybody used it, used this situation to further their own agendas, their own career goals and so forth. Even in time, and these guys, they served time. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like this thing was found out in court. They served time. Uh, Corey Wise going immediately to adult prison. The others going through the juvenile justice, juvenile system and so forth. Uh, I worked on a case myself. And only when I say I worked on a case, all I did was I, very early on, I had a podcast and, and there were, there were individuals trying to prove a case in Texas. And I said, Hey, listen, I'll produce a podcast. You know, y'all could take over the podcast and get this, get this word out. And it was, it was from Texas to Chicago, uh, individuals working on this case. And I said, well, Hey, why don't y'all, you know, come on. And they were like, wait, what, what is that? This was early on. Right. And, uh, so we did the podcast. And so when they came on to talk about the podcast, then, um, those, there were entities in Texas on the, in the, on the juvenile justice system in Texas say, well, if they got a chance to come on the podcast to talk, we should get a chance to come on the podcast and talk. They sent a representative in Texas. There was a media outlets in Texas that tried to come after me. Uh, there were all kinds of things that going on. They were like talking about this blogger in Atlanta and da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. But the thing that burst their case wide open was the representative that Texas sent or, or put on the podcast with us, let these particular words come out of his mouth. Our, he says, people don't like it when our blacks challenge authority. And when that went out around the world, people were like, and it literally went out around the world, like, what the hell does he mean? And this is how Texas looked at African-Americans. There was a, another situation where a guy got caught with like a joint. But this one was a young, a young woman uh, around the age of 14. She might not even been 14. She might have been 12 at the time. 
and one 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 child, one parent fighting an entire system. And we kept trying to figure out, it was like, okay, well, if the system, if the system is holding thousands of young people, where are the other parents? They had been scared off, y'all. They had been scared off. And I'm like, that, if, if when we looked at the number of kids, I'm like, but that's like entire, that's entire school systems and neighborhoods, you know, that kids just go missing. Parents are sending their kids to school. And kids not coming home and they're telling you, you know, they got to go. They're going to be like they had this zero tolerance thing, you know, and kids would get on the school bus going off to school. Next thing you know, they're on the bus going off to juvenile, the juvenile system. Then kind of find out the juvenile system was holding them well beyond their sentencing, um, not to mention abusing them, raping them, all this kind of stuff. Until the point where the governor had to overhaul, had to like say, listen, no, nobody else is going in the system. We got to overhaul the entire system. Because this, this, it finally it got to the governor's office, um, but it's just, it's insane. And to this day, to this day, there's still not enough remorse because they can still say, based on the evidence, even though the evidence is false, it, 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 it based on the evidence, this is what they will say. Based on the evidence, once it got to court, based on the evidence that was presented, the system worked. They will always say, because you can't, they feel like, well, you can't just let everybody out. No, you can't. Please don't. I'm just saying. Okay. And even if they, after they've been in there for so little time, it's like, wait a minute, you still can't just let them out. Right. Those of you that are this, thank you. Um, the idea of it is we need to see, we need to see some remorse. We need to see some remorse because that's how you dignify humanity when there is remorse. And guys, I'm telling you, there's still not enough. There's a whole lot of fear and, and, and because you can see yourself in these people, but there's still not any, there's still not enough remorse. There's still not enough changes in the system. There's still innocent people dying uh, in the system. There's still innocent people going. There's still people trying to fight their case and people who are saying, who we know that they're innocent, but they're in a state, they're in a particular state that doesn't want to spend the money to test them, even though housing them, keeping them uh, uh, under lock and key costs 100,000 times more than a simple DNA test. Because what's going to happen when you test them and you find out they're innocent? What damage has been done? What's going to happen when people lose faith faith in the system? I know who had faith in the system in the first place, but, um, but that's just, it's, it's insane. It's bigger than an apology. And one of the reasons I'm talking from an apology level, because in the video that I shared prior to this, Gail King says, when she met them, and I was like, whoa. She says, Gail King, as you know, who now heads up the anchor desk on morning news at CBS, says, I met them when they had an event for Ava. I'm like, wow. She met them when they had an event for Ava. Um, and she says that she believed the stories, the news report. She says, I believed what was reported hook to be true, hook, line, and sinker. And I just had to apologize. That's crazy. It's and I, I and I don't want to say it's crazy. I don't want to say it's crazy, but it's just another 
way of letting us know that what we believe, what, how we think things are processed, how we think things happen, that it's like, wow, that's just, because I would have thought this would have been such an iconic case that, you know, and, and, and I mean, I'm just like, wow. And now, I don't even know, I, you, I'm going to tell you like this, I don't want them to sit down with Oprah. I really don't. I wouldn't even advise it. I, I don't. I don't think they should. And if I were them, I wouldn't. But um, for the simple fact, I mean, this is a woman who had um, had ample opportunity to do it prior to now. You know, and, and I, I remember when, when Ava posted it and it was so eloquent, it was so eloquent how she posted that this opportunity was about to come. Um, and they probably have already filmed. I don't know what, I don't know what that situation is, but when she said it, we, I, I think, I, I don't think, I hope I wasn't the first person to say, wait, what? They, this hasn't happened in all of this, in all of this time, you know, when the, and, and, and this is my opinion. It's been my opinion, and I was not one. I didn't consume a lot of Oprah Winfrey's show, okay? It was just my opinion that the Oprah Winfrey show had the success that it did because in the South, now I don't know what the broad, what, what I don't know the full broadcast that was sent out of Chicago. And I, I, don't, I don't even know if all the shows that were shown around the world was what we saw here in the South. But here in the South, the episodes that made it to television in the South seem to be the daily redemption of white men. I mean, it was like, let's tell their stories. Let's get their voice out there. Let's further their narrative. Okay. Because as you know, they filmed episodes and everybody bought episodes and they aired these episodes, you know. So here in the South, it was like, hey. Oprah's going to going up to uh, Forsyth County. Oprah's gonna do this, and, and Oprah's gonna talk to the man and the woman who burned their kids in the oven, and all this kind of stuff. That's what it was. I'm like, well, I ain't watching that crap. I'm not watching that. I mean, I'm not crap. I mean, I'm just saying, I just couldn't watch it. I could not watch it because those were the episodes that we saw in the South. I mean, I don't think Oprah even knows what episode. Oprah's probably thinking, man, I had this great show and I did all this thing. Girl, honey, you sold episodes, okay? She made her money selling episodes. She filmed all this stuff in all these different places, bought episodes, okay? And it wasn't, you know, it, it, it was what it was. That's what we saw. And we were like, no, we're not turning that on. We're not watching it. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what they feel up the road. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't care what they feel up the road, you know, uh, down the road. I'm I mean, here, Alabama. I look one way. It's, it's like, hey, we live, in a, we live in this little brown dot on this Georgia map. Okay. And all around us, it was like Oprah was giving voice to all this stuff around us. Okay. And then we, and then they was going to the new Trump wedding. I'm like, stop. I need some remorse. I need, I need some remorse on this thing. And not just them. I mean, I can think of case after case after case after case. I even have, there's a picture that comes up on my Facebook that reminds me every year. There I am uh, at the Capitol. Somebody took a picture of me at the Capitol. I'm standing there holding a sign in front of a guy who's speaking at the mic. And I think it might be a little bit of video. He's talking about how he was exonerated. He was, and he was a Mexican-American. 
and uh, and how, you know, he spent all this time in prison. I mean, I just know too many. I mean, hell, I'm in the South, down just down the road. It's like right now, it's a great Airbnb community. Everybody wants to go. Like, there's a place in Mississippi that, and I love, I love it, I love it that uh, some black people have taken this, this strip in Mississippi. And I think it's down in, somewhere near Jackson. They've taken this strip in Mississippi and they've made it this beautiful little escape, this little enclave. And it's like hot on Airbnb. Everybody wants to go there and, you know, experience living in the hot southern south, right? But, and, and even my daughter, she went on a girl's trip. And I'm like, wait, my, they, she came back. She was talking about where they, I was like, wait, you went where? Because in, in Georgia, most of, the, most of the prisons are named after the cities. And she said where they went. And I'm like, the hell? What are you doing down there? She said, oh, we, it's this, that, and the other, you know. And we got to experience this. I said, you know that's the chain game. That's what the chain game was. And she goes, the what? I'm like, okay, Phil, mom. The chain game, sweetheart. Do you know that's the, that's the origins of the, That's where the chain game was. Do you know how many people in Atlanta had to make that trek down that road going down to see family members on the chain game? You do, you, like... No, she didn't know, because guess what, Mom? You hadn't told those stories. I'm like, oh, Lord, my poor baby. I'm like, she's she dropping all these names, and she up in here just all these triggers, triggering all this stuff in me. And I'm like, girl, I said, did you pass? And I'm, I'm start, I start naming stuff. Did you see this? Did you pass this? And did you pass that? And, and, and all this land and da-da-da-da-da. She's like, yeah. You know, they, I'm like, girl, you don't went, went on a chain game <laughs> I'm like, then I sold you a chain game tour, mm, my poor baby. But anyway, but no, she went with a friend. That's where they were from. And, uh, and they went down and had, you know, their nice little weekend. And I'm like, girl, you don't want to know how many lives have been lost on that road. You know, and then here I am now I'm, I'm giving her the triggers, but there's no remorse for it. I can't tell you. We don't, we don't want to even know. I was watching and how many of y'all uh, and, and this is the thing. We are on this Netflix thing where everybody's posting what they're watching. How many of y'all are watching? And I'm going to go ahead and just put uh, how to get out of bed back on there for you guys. How many of you guys are, are watching what you see on Netflix? Like right now, everybody's saying, go watch the Black Godfather, uh, Clarence Avon um, story. And I'm looking like, wait a minute. Why they call this the Godfather? And then he was sitting there talking with Quincy Jones and I'm like Quincy talking in all kind of code I'm like wait a minute first of all you call him the godfather which tells me okay this is some gangster stuff right and everybody's watching it like oh man it's just empowered you know because he was attached to this that and the other I'm like but they call him the godfather that's gangster so what do they mean and then they go to talking about okay nobody and like people want to know well, how much somebody asked how much did he try how much money did how much money did he make you know he quote-unquote represented all of these people, and so like, how much money made? They, and somebody said they they don't know if he ever charged. I'm like, okay, so where the bodies buried? Because <laughs> they kind of all ended up in Atlanta. So I'm like, so where? Because you call somebody the Godfather, you become the Godfather because there are bodies. Where are the bodies buried? I'm just like, wait, was I the only one asked that? Did I ask that out loud? I'm just saying, y'all. We have got to realize, and the funny part, no, let me not say funny. The scary part, y'all, is we are inheriting, hear, hear me on this, okay? Hear, hear me on this. We are inheriting, let me take that back off, let me get y'all back to the to part five. The scary part 
is we are moving into a position where we are inheriting these things. And just like I grew up knowing about all this stuff, I have not told my children all of those stories. My grandmother, when it would rain and it would storm, and you know how people always say, well, your grandparents made you all gather together because of the lightning. No, they told you the superstitious stuff, but it really was about protection because that's when a lot of the attacks and all those kinds of things would happen. You know, people would come up missing in the storm, you know, because the storm was a great way not to hear what was going on. But anyway, the, the, the problem, what's going to be problematic is we're, we're inheriting these things. And it's like this book. There's a book I have called My Folks. Our Folks Don't Want Us to Talk About Slavery. And so, therefore, there was this, these people who came out of slavery that didn't allude to for the rest of their lives that they were descendants of the, the, those who were enslaved. And I don't like to say slavery because black people internalize that to me. They did something wrong, but enslavement. So I'm scared that we are going to inherit these things and none of us know the work that went into freedom. At the end of all of my infographics, at the end of all of the conversations we have of lately, freedom has been become the last word at, with seven minutes to go here. Freedom has become the last word. We're talking about our freedom and we're losing it law by law by law by law because we're not putting enough attention on politics, even though everybody wants to run and we want to make history of this, that and the other. It's, 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 it's a little bit more than that. Um, we don't yet still we still yet don't understand the economics of this thing. Um, we, we just don't understand it and we're inheriting it. To where, if you notice, there are generations behind behind generations that are having to fight for something that generations thought that they had already settled on this thing, you know. And it's simply because there's there's while there has been evidence, while there has been apologies, there has not been enough remorse. Because until we see the remorse, we're not going to get the full on change. And still, until people can. Um, can admit because in order, I mean, even in the apologies, the apologies are so vague. They don't yet admit that there are problems in our system because people are saying in that apology, in all the apologies based on the evidence and, and, and based on what was presented to the system, the system worked and the system did not work because the system still allowed innocent people to go into our penal system, the justice system, you know, and, and the, the School to prison. I mean, like literally, you put your child on when you put your child on the school bus. I mean, how many people read that booklet that comes home the first day of school? It's like you give up your rights when you send them there, y'all. I'm telling you, it's crazy. I was so glad my children, my children were were done with school, but our freedoms. We we're giving up our freedoms because even right now, with all the things that have happened there's still not enough remorse in America. There is not enough remorse in America. Americans don't have enough remorse. And that's something that's said about Americans all over the world that even, I mean, other countries have sent things, Statue of Liberty to America to try to get America to be more remorseful because a lot of other countries are right along with us. They're doing some of the same foul things that's happening to us. We, and we, 
perpetuate these things. The way we vote, the way we shop, you know, the fact that you have, I'm like, and I don't, I don't even want, I don't even want to get into that. We'll do that another time. I just wanted to talk about being remorseful today um, as, a way to, as a way to get out of bed. Because there's so many people that get out of bed, and I'm going to tie this back to how to get out of bed. There's so many people who get out of bed having to suppress all the wrong that they do each and every day. And they're going in and they're having to do it again. If they don't have to do it, they're witnessing it. They're trying to figure out, like, how could they say this and how could they say that? And it's like, and we all, we all play a part. We all play a part. Even if the ignorance of you, even if you're ignorant of it, you still play a part. Your being ignorant of it plays a part. Every, every May that comes around, you don't, you don't talk about what happened in May. You don't talk about, like, um, I was talking about 1919. 1919, y'all. It's 2019. <laughs> okay. We are a hundred years away um, from a case that set it off in this country. 1919. It's like I was so fearful with that clock ticking to 2019 and, and how many of us are so unaware of 1919. And it's like, oh my God. And, and even before that, 1819. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, we, everybody, everybody, everybody wants to talk about 2020 because 2020, if we make it to 2020, everybody's going to feel like we okay. Just trying to make it. There are people out there pulling their hair out, hair out, watching the different tender boxes, because if we make it to 2020, that would possibly mean that we might just be a remorseful society. If, when we, when that clock turns 2020, we go from 2019 to 2020. Oh my God. It's going to be such a a great day. It's going to be such a great day because a great day for humankind, for humanity, um, simply because of all the things that have happened from, I mean, like all the things that have happened and what I do like about 2019 from my own vantage point is while we're not as remorseful, more understanding of, of understanding that mm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that that we are more understanding and getting beyond media. I was in a conversation. Where was I in this conversation where people were talking? I don't know if I was watching. I was watching, I'm usually consuming something. I'm trying to figure out where I was. But when they were talking about, it might have been another, um, yeah, I think it was in the Gail King part. Yes, yes, yes. Let me, let me see. Uh, let me, let me get this, guys. I'm, I think I need to play that. I think we need to end with that. Let me see if I can get it. What I said, it was at the 850 mark. Uh, hopefully, I'm charging up a device. Let me, I'm going to end with that audio because we get yeah we got about two minutes left let me see if i can go right quickly into my history here i'm going to end with that yes and then i'm going to bring that up because what she says is actually the antidote she gives gail king gives the antidote i'm concerned about gail king she's becoming a little little invisible with this new team because there's a real ambitious young man on this team oh it went right to it okay hold on go ahead you two hold on Wait a minute. I felt very embarrassed and ashamed.
I'm fat. I'm rewinding. Hold on. Okay. Maybe I went too far. Hold on. It's trying to find the proportion I want to hear. All right. Don't give me dead air, YouTube. Come on. Ned wants to give me dead air. I know exactly what you're thinking. Listen, when I I remember that story when it happened, and I, when I met the Central Park Five, when I met all five of them at an event for Ava, I actually went and apologized to them because I believe that story, hook, line, and sinker. It never occurred to me that what was reported was not the truth. And I felt very embarrassed and ashamed about what they had been through. And, it, and then it reminded me, these guys were only 14, 15 years old. But, you know, it was, it's been many years ago. I, I'd like to think we've learned some lessons, but it's still very relevant as to what is happening today. Well, there's a whole new generation of journalists that's on the carpet and stuff now. I mean, how can we not make those type of mistakes going forward? Like, what can we do to... But I think we're just all more aware now. We're all more vigilant. We all don't believe everything that we hear. And thank goodness for video cameras today, too. That has also been a game changer. Things are very different now, but that, we still have a lot of problems that need to be worked out. I don't think any of us are naive to that. And, and last question, Robert F. Smith uh, donated to... I know. Uh, I reached out to him and said, bravo. How, how does that make you feel? Oh, it makes me... How does it make you feel? It makes me feel proud. Well, me too. It makes me feel proud. It makes me feel... and. Not only that, the message that he gave to pay it forward, the difference that that's going to make in all of those young men, in all of those young men's lives is something that we can't even comprehend financially, mentally, and physically. It was huge what he did. So I say bravo to Robert Smith. A lot of people might not have even known his name, but they know his name now. And that's a very good thing. Thank you. All right. So good. To, oh, good. That's at the end. Her, her comments are at the end there of that but did you hear what she said because let me tell you and and, and people having this fear about tracking their phones and, and different things like that there's still some things like yesterday a friend of mine was shared there's a couple of videos that went down the timeline yesterday one was the young lady filming the guy who followed her from the store and and how that you know he was doing the whole cat call situation trying to talk to her but then you saw how you know the anger rose up and then he was like oh no you're gonna delete this video you're not gonna make money off of me she went back to the store and then called 911. Uh, my fear of, of the footage because we have not yet seen truly that people stop what they're doing because of the footage you know the home invasions they're on camera you got all this camera stuff right and and so filming of it, I, I, I'm like, girl, turn that off. You know, you, nobody, nobody's going to comment on that. You know, turn that off and go ahead and call 911. The sad part about it is people are filming their demise. We've seen people get shot online. And we knew this because of the whole We Live in Public documentary that came out in uh, around, right around Y2K as to how we were going to progress with everybody having cameras, with everybody having this access and being able to interrupt the broadcast and so forth. So we saw two two particular cases of that yesterday. There was also the guy who uh, was on a, looked like a bad date or whatever, and he had a woman, the woman literally um, instigated a fight between the two in his vehicle. He filmed that. We've seen millions of videos 
of people who had bad experiences in ride share and they just simply film this thing. Stop filming it. And you don't want to say like, I can't even, I couldn't even yesterday, like, dang, I wish she'd call the cops. I had to, I had to delete that comment. And I'm like, I wish she would just call somebody for help. I couldn't even say that I wish this young woman would call the police because she probably would have been, as the system is, she probably would have ended up in more problems had she called the police. Um, but she need help. And, and that's where we are. It's like, wait, you can't, we, we're in a position where you can't, with this, with this situation and what we know and how we're treating the police, um, with the police, you can't call, you can't call the police. I mean, there's so many people who, who can't dial 911, who won't dial 911, but filming, I'm like, how long is she going to film this situation that she's in? How long is he going to film this situation that he's in? Um, how long are they going to film this situation? How much time? How, I mean, we got the cops out there that's got body cam and, and people still trying to waver, trying to judge the body cams and the videos. But the good thing about it is it's very hard. It's very hard to uh, frame people nowadays because you're saying people like you have an alibi. Hell yeah. I got my phone, which tracks my exact location and where I am and this, that, there. That's why they first they want to do is get to your phone. Had a young lady, a friend of ours, uh, just yes, just uh, last week posted that she was filming an incident with a cop and the cop took her phone and deleted the video. So now that, and she posted that and now that that's now probably going to become a full on investigation because everybody knows somebody like, wait a minute. No, they can't, they can't do that. That's, you, you can't do that, right? So all of this stuff, I'm telling y'all, but in the, in the, same, in the same vein, and, and you heard Gail say that hopefully, you know, that we're all a little bit more vigil, we're all a little bit more diligent, we're all a little bit more empowered, we're all a little bit more, but listen, we're still dealing with people who are not remorseful. We're still dealing with systems that are not remorseful. We're still dealing with lawmakers who are not willing to change these things. I still cannot to this day. I still don't understand how these people, we vote for them. They, they come to us and say they want to represent us. And then they get in office and, and it's like it becomes us against them. And I, I still don't understand that and how this stuff happens. You know, and we are we are full on uh, in the midst of an election here and where I am. And I pretty much know everybody all up and down. I mean, personally, like, like know these people. I was looking past by the gas station. I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, see in the car. Oh, it's election time. You know? And it's like, come on, right? It's crazy. You don't know. You don't, it's like, you almost don't know how to process it. But we got we to gotta get through um, processing this. We got to get through process. Even though I want people to be remorseful, I can't rest my laurels right there trying to get them to be remorseful because that day may never happen. People just gonna have to die off the way that they are. I mean, that if even if that's that, even if we don't get that, them not being remorseful can still can't affect my freedom. Top to the bottom, bottom to the top, right? Them not being remorseful uh, doesn't mean that we shouldn't get an apology. Doesn't mean them not being remorseful doesn't mean that we shouldn't be able to bring forth the evidence and the facts. Because in the end, the freedom, if my freedom is better than however it is you feel. Because you can feel, I don't care how you feel, as long as you don't act on it affecting my freedom. And that's the problem that we have. It's not even that they want to feel a certain way or they want to exist on the planet without certain people. Well, there's plenty of places on this planet you can go. 
You cannot take my freedom. And because there are these entities in between people who are unremorseful and people who want to enjoy their freedom, namely media and news, because if you listen to them, they only have but a, but a source. They, they've never even met you, never even dealt with you. People who, who swore up and down these young men were guilty, had never even met them, didn't even know, uh, don't even know about the parts of the city that they were even talking about. Okay. And still to this day, even after all of this evidence, still want to say, still want to say, well, they probably did something. That's where they get you. They probably did something. I'm like, wow, still to this day. But what we need to make sure that it doesn't cost anyone their freedom when they're innocent, y'all. When they're absolutely innocent. There are people still to this day that cannot admit that these young men were absolutely innocent. They, and you see it. What happens when, when there's a story that they, they go so far into the victim's uh, uh, history, find, trying to find something rather than say that they were wrong, rather than say that the system was wrong. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's like, all right, and guess what you, guess what you still got to do on the other side of that? You got to still got to still gotta get out of bed. So thanks. Uh, please go and check out if you don't follow Black Tree Media. Please follow Black Tree Media. And, and here's the thing, too. I was looking up and down the timeline. I'm always looking up and down the timeline trying to figure out, because there's an absolute renaissance happening right now in media as people are looking for trusted sources. At the same time that people are looking for trusted sources, we're losing a lot of sources in media, um, particularly black-owned media. Uh, we're losing a lot of hell. I'm not even blogging at this point. Um, and, and, and being pulled back into it, I'm like, I don't want to go. But anyway, um, we are, and I guess I am because I am podcasting every day. I, this is a seven-day-a-week podcast, daily podcast. Uh, and this is basically about how to get out of bed. On Tuesday, actually on today at 4 p.m. Oh, I got to figure that out because I need to be on the road. Um, 4 p.m. we have a podcast. Myself and Angela Stalker will be talking about leading women. And then I have a food podcast after the kitchen. I'll be back in the kitchen tomorrow for episode, season two, episode two, uh, and back in the kitchen tomorrow. And then again, like I said, this is a daily podcast where I try to figure out how to get out of bed. And I went to bed last night with this uh, on my mind, and I woke up and I'm like, well, what is it? What is it that we need after this? What is it that we need after this? And I'm sorry, the thing that we need, we're probably we're definitely not going to get it. And that is for people to be remorseful. You don't, you hadn't seen, you hadn't seen a story about Fairstein talking about how remorseful she was. She's like, listen, you know, she, she want to keep selling her books. Okay. She wants to keep being a, a legal expert. I mean, um, the, the case with the attorney here in Georgia, you know, and I, I, I asked, I'm like, can you admit that the system was racist? And she could not. You know, I remember Cuomo, who everybody watches on CNN. There was a situation where, you know, he we, people needed him to call a thing a thing, and he refused to, even though, they, you know, all the CNN people, uh, you know, I, I don't even watch CNN, so I refuse. I, re, I absolutely refuse. That That's the most media apartheid that's happening uh, right now, and you're certainly not going to get anybody being remorseful over there. But anyway... That's it, guys. Um, I only wrote down one, two, three, four, five, five words on this infographic. 
uh, remorseful to freedom. Apology, evidence, fact. And it's funny that those are, those are the things. Even after an apology, even after the evidence, even after the facts, people are still not remorseful. They still to this day trying to find something that possibly, like, and I think it's, I think it's to preserve their own minds. Like, there has to be, and we do this naturally. We do this. People are trying to figure out, but how did they get caught up? How did they get so caught up? They had to do something. People in all of these cases, and I've been involved in a lot of them, um, in a lot of the cases people try to figure out, but what did they do so I don't do it because I cannot go on believing that, that could, if it happened to them, it could possibly happen to me. That's where people are. They don't want to watch this thing because it could have been them. It could be somebody they know or it was somebody they know or it was them. I'm always amazed at how many times people, especially men, talk about how many times they're pulled over and how many times. And one of, actually in this interview, uh, Black Tree Media asked the gentleman, ooh, I wish I could, I ain't, I ain't gonna play them, but we're gonna go. But go watch it. Because he asked two of the, two of the gentlemen who now live in Atlanta, he asked them, how do you, because you're still a brother, right? You know, you still, you still, we still got problems with the system. How do you deal with uh, when you get pulled over now? And one of the guys talked about, he says, yeah, I live in Atlanta. I get pulled over, you know, and I make sure, and, you know, he went into the thing, you know, I make sure how I handle it, you know. And, yeah, because he, he asked him, like, how do y'all feel when blue lights come behind, when blue lights get behind you? Because apparently it's the norm. That's what happens when you when you drive while black. You get pulled over for nothing, right? And he asked the guy, well, what do y'all do? And the dude told him, yeah, I live in Atlanta. We live in Atlanta now. And we get pulled over. You know, and, and we handle it this way. We do this, that, and the other. You know, they don't recognize, you know, because I think a couple of them may change their names, one or two or something, change their name or so forth. And, you know, I mean, and having, to, having to change their name or having to move out there, so there's, there's a big talk about uh, why one stayed in New York and the others moved to Georgia, you know, and like, why Georgia? I don't know. <laughs> but they even talk about why Georgia. So go and check it out. Thanks for all you do, Dryer Bus says. Uh, yeah, I tell you, thank you so much, guys. And uh, let's do it one more time. Yeah, one more day. Let's go ahead and get out of bed. Uh, again, check the timeline. And thanks so much to those that uh, support the podcast. And you can find links to shop and save in our timeline for Natural Soap by Zakia. You can check out AIB Nation and what those authors have to offer. And if you're looking for social media for business clinics, these are our summer clinics. And they are happening on uh, Sundays and Mondays. we got group clinics on Sundays, individual appointments on Mondays, helping you in using social media for business. And just one more thing I need you to do for me. And that is go now to dryerbuzz.com and follow at dryerbuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz.